Anybody love family? Anybody love it? All right. I mean, even, even when you've suffered, when you've had pain, when you've had loss, it's, I got together just this a uh, couple of months ago, a couple of months, a month ago, because my uh, first cousin had passed. She's a little younger than me, a few years younger than me. She died suddenly. And we always have this thing that we do when we get together is we get there and we weep for a while. And then we just start laughing and having a good time. And then we shake ourselves like, hey, we're not supposed to do this, you know. And then the comments come out. You know the comments, right? It's, uh, you know, I wish we could get together on better occasions, you know, like this. But, you know, you don't have to be apologetic because even in the midst of great pain, you can find great joy. Even in the midst of difficulty and heartache, it's just good. I mean, God, you, you understand God did this. You understand that God put us together. And, and he, he created this thing that we call family. And how many have ever felt that God sometimes look at what we've done with our homes and our family and thought, that's not what I created it for. I created you to be together and I created you to have peace and I created you to have my spirit inside of you. So at Freedom, we've decided that this is the year of the family and we're going to see families made whole. We're going to see families empowered. We're already seeing it happen, am I right? We're seeing people, yeah, you can clap your hands, I am. So we, we are seeing uh, families that we are reaching like we've never before reached. We are empowering uh, parents, single parents, moms and dads, uh, and we're embracing everyone as family. According to the word of God, it's by the spirit that we know that we're his children. So that means we are all children of the same God, right? By the Spirit of God, we understand that. Today, on this Easter, I want to talk about your family resurrection. And I want to suggest to you that uh, the Lord would like to make our families whole. Does that make sense? I mean, imagine what would happen in our homes, in our communities. Imagine what would happen if your marriage was whole. And you might say, well, my marriage is whole. I'm not talking about the acceptable whole. You know what I'm saying? You know that place where you say, well, we're married. It may not be good, but it's what we have. I'm not talking about that. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying what you settle for in your, with your children. Yeah, yeah, I got kids. I don't like them, but I got some. Uh, I'm not talking about that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm saying that wholeness that God wants you to have, that wholeness when, when you're together and you're, you're down the road, way down the road. I mean, for Diane and I, sometimes it seems like we just got married yesterday. Uh, and it does feel that way, even though on June the 6th, we will celebrate our 37th wedding anniversary. I know you're looking at us saying, you guys ain't that old. Uh, she was 12, I was 13, and that's the way it was in Southern Ohio. No, no, that's not, that's not true. I'm, that's sarcasm. T tell somebody, if you know me, tell him he's sarcastic sometimes. And, we need to pray for him. So, no, I'm saying that uh, we're just, we just so enjoyed this season. How many know being grandparents? Are there any granddads, grandma, grandma? Where are you? Where are the grandparents in the house? That's good stuff, ain't it? Yes! That's good stuff. There's nothing quite like it. Getting those grandchildren. We were, uh, where were we? Just the other day, we were all together, and, and uh, I, we were looking at the grandkids, and Malachi, and Abel, and we're kind of, Cuddling. In fact, it was right after we got together, we ran to Guads because we just have to do that. And uh, how many know Pastor loves Tex-Mex? Anybody know that? Fajitas at Guads may be served at the wedding supper of the Lamb. I'm not sure. It's that good. <laughs> but uh, uh, we were just looking, and the kids were all down there talking, and Diane and I just had this moment. We were looking at each other and saying, God has been so good. He's just been so faithful and it's not just that, that you know, Diana still lets me come home. Uh, it's, it's that it's really good. And I'm not throwing this out. I've got to be really careful the way that, that I say this because I, I don't want to come out arrogant or anything. It's just good to have family that love Jesus and are serving the Lord at this particular phase of my life. And I, and I want you to know this. No matter where you are in your family, the message of resurrection is for your family. It's for your home. Uh, the Holy Spirit, you might say, man, there's a lot of powerful things in the world. There is nothing as powerful as the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. 
And that's what we're talking about in Romans chapter 8. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. How many know the story of the resurrection? Anybody know the story of the resurrection? You can read about it in Mark chapter 16. You can read about it in all the gospels. But in Mark 16, you see where the women come earlier. They're going to anoint his body. The reason they're doing this is because Jesus died just before Passover. He, he died uh, at, at a particular time until they could not do the things they wanted to do. They wrapped him. They laid him in the tomb in Joseph, uh, in, in a tomb provided by someone, Joseph of Arimathea. They laid his body there, but his body, as, they, as far as they were concerned, was not properly prepared. And he deserved the respect of a proper burial. So just as soon as the sun comes up and Sabbath is over, they head to the tomb. But when they see this, they, they're thinking to themselves, we're not going to be able to roll the stone away. Uh, how many know sometimes your wife needs some help? Anybody know that? Okay, unless, you know, your wife is that wife says, don't, I don't need your help. But uh, my wife on occasion needs her big strong husband like to open a jar of jelly. And I just feel so, I, I don't know if she needs it, but she knows I need that. And so I pop it open and hand it to her and say, yeah, I still got it. So, but this was a little bit different. This wasn't a jar of jelly. This was a... This was a two-ton boulder that was in front of a tomb. But when they came to this tomb that had been guarded by soldiers, they find that the stone has already been rolled away. And they go inside, and there's a young man uh, clothed in a long white robe. How many know that's not just any young man, all right? That's not a guy that's just, you know, wearing his sister's clothes. In, uh, I shouldn't even brought that up. I apologize for that. No, I don't. It was funny. Uh, it was an angel of the Lord that is sitting inside. And so they walk in. Jesus' body is not there. There's a, there's a, there's a man there. The women are there. And they are actually alarmed. What are we going to do? And then the scripture says, but he said, this angel said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. Everybody read the next three words with me. He is risen. He is risen. Uh, he is not here. See the place where they laid him. Uh, but go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So um, this, is, this is our traditional understanding. Uh, and sometimes we kind of get locked in there. We just get locked in the tomb. Jesus is alive. Uh, I want you to hear me teach this. Jesus did not get up just so he could get up. Jesus did not rise from the grave just because he wanted to get up. The Holy Spirit did not raise Jesus up. The angel did not roll the stone away just so the stone would be moved and Jesus could get out. That's not what it's about. And that's what we read in the scripture in Romans 8. If the same spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. Now, there's a couple of understandings from this teaching that I want you to, to, to know. Uh, so if, how many believe in resurrection? Anybody believe in the resurrection? All right, so Jesus, everybody should have known that Jesus could raise the dead because he had done it not one time, not, not two times, but at least three times in the New Testament, we see the dead raised. Uh, the son of the widow of Nain. Anybody remember that story? One of my favorite preaching moments ever. You know, and Jesus has compassion on this woman because she is, first of all, she's a widow. She's already lost her husband. She only has one son. Jesus, how many know Jesus can do stuff just out of compassion? He walks over. There is a funeral procession. And one of the things you're not supposed to be doing, especially if you're holy, is touching a body. You're not supposed to be doing that. But Jesus walks over to the casket and touches it and just says this, let the boy live. Now, I don't know who he was talking to. Maybe death. Maybe death. Jesus hadn't raised from the dead yet. So we haven't had that experience where all of us are experiencing resurrection. He just walks over and says, let the boy live. And the boy just got up. I mean, talk about a weird funeral, all right? 
but the boy got up and there's the celebration and he delivers the boy back to his mama and says, no, you're not going to go the rest of your life without your boy. The boy is alive. I love, I want to preach on it, but it's Resurrection Sunday. Or how many know the story of the daughter of Jairus? Anybody know this story? All right, this guy bumps into Jesus. It's, it's that same moment where a woman touches the hem of the garments of Jesus because she thought, if I can just touch his garments, I'll be healed. And so all of that's going on. There's a crowd. People are bumping into him. And the word gets to Jesus. This guy, Jairus, who, is, uh, who works at a synagogue, he says, my daughter is dying. She's about to die. By the time Jesus gets there, she's dead. Jesus walks in, just breathes on this child. And, but I, that's not my sermon either, but... Uh, and, but Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, okay? How many have some brothers and sisters? Anybody got brothers and sisters, okay? Now, it's one thing for you to insult me, but don't you insult my brother, okay? How many got some tight families in the house? Got some tight families, like, I will fight for them, all right? These women were willing to fight Jesus. Anybody been mad at Jesus? Because he was late? All right? Now, don't get the idea it's okay to be late, but Jesus had a purpose behind his lateness because he got word that his friend Lazarus, now he had been over to Lazarus Mary Martha's house lots of times. Anybody got family like that? People that are like, they're your friends, but they're really your family. You've been to their house like a dozen times. Jesus is constantly going over, hanging out when he's in the Bethany area, staying with Mary Martha and Lazarus. And, but Lazarus gets sick and they send word to Jesus, hey, your friend Lazarus is sick. Jesus doesn't come. Uh, Jesus says, I'm going to wait a few days. He comes four days later. When they get there, Lazarus has been buried. He's been placed in a tomb, and he's, he's gone. I mean, he's gone, gone, gone. He's been gone for four days. So He's so gone that when Jesus gets there, he says, well, where's Lazarus? Not that he didn't know that he was dead. They're saying, well, he's, been, he's in the grave. And, uh, well, I'm going to go wake him up. And they say, no, you're not going to wake him up. You don't wake people up who've been buried for four days. There are issues. So Jesus, Mary, Mary and Martha, both of them come after him. Martha, how many know Martha don't mess around? Anybody know Martha? How many know Martha? Anybody know a Martha? Just look at her right now. She's in the room. No, okay. Does not mess around. Jesus walked in the room and she told him how he felt. Some of us would do better if we were honest with Jesus. Looks at Martha. Martha looks at Jesus and said, oh, can you imagine? Just think about the look on her face. Okay? Yeah, thank you. All right, I saw it. Come on. You saw that little neck thing going on? If you're late, and if you would have been here, my brother would be here. He would still be alive. And Jesus doesn't get offended. How many thank God that he doesn't get offended? Come on. They murdered him on the cross beat him and he was not offended by it they mocked him spit on him beat him by his stripes i am healed jesus was not angry with them when when they nailed him to the cross and put the crown of thorns on his head he looked down and he said father forgive them they don't know what they're doing forgive them how many know when jesus says forgive them they're forgiven anybody know that so that's what happened uh what was oh yeah mary martha so uh so Jesus is not offended by Martha. He's not offended by Martha. He just looks at her and, and, and he says this. It's, it's in, 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 in John chapter 11. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Anybody love this teaching? And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe he's been to the dead in the ground for four days? Or do you believe if he believed in me, he will never die? Because we know, we know, you know, we'll rise again. No, no, you don't know what I'm saying. I'm saying that, I'm saying that he's already alive. So I'm saying to you, family, it is so good to be here today, isn't it? How many have had somebody that you have loved that has died in your family? Anybody had that? And when you think, yeah, I'm, I'm throwing names at I'm looking around the room and... I know, I know who you are. I've, I've been at the funeral. I've held hands. We've, we've eaten meals together. I know, you know, I know. And, I, you know, I just mentioned, you know, I lost a relative not long ago. And, 
Uh, and you know, as soon as you get me talking, you know I'll talk about my mama. You know I will. If you know me at all, you know I was my mama's favorite. And in heaven, she still declares it. But I also, on occasion, weep when I think of her. I just, you know what I'm talking about? Just weep. I'll be at the house this past week. I thought, in fact, it happened just a couple of days ago. Stop. Okay. It happened just a couple of days ago. I was at the house and I was thinking about how I used to always call my mom just before Easter to talk about Easter services. And I remember her saying, now, Ricky, you know I'm praying for you. Every time you get in the pulpit, I'm praying for you. Call me Ricky because that's my name. And, uh, and I thought, I just want to call her and tell her thanks for praying for me all the time. And I stopped and had prayer for my father because I know he's preaching this morning at his church. Uh, turns 80 in July, still preaching the gospel. But I, I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of this, and I know that we've all experienced some pain in our life, but sometimes we don't get what Jesus is really saying here, okay? Uh, you, know, you know all the scriptures, right? How many know the scriptures? You've been in church with me before, right? How many have been in church with me before? Been in a funeral. John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus says. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, if I go, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where you are, where I am, there you may be also. And I'm trying to compare that to something on the planet. And I'm thinking, somebody rents a condo for vacation? Anybody ever been to one of those? Yeah, I know, I know. I've been with the Barton crowd on occasion out in Sandbridge. I'll do that sometime. Invite me again. It was really good. Bring the crab legs. And uh, notes. And or, or the family gets together, you know, we... We got that chance to go to Hawaii one time and had this condo. We're just all together. We're just all over top of each other. But who cares? It's just great to be together and make memories and take pictures. And done that in Florida. Don't get to do that too often. But on occasion, when you do that, there's nothing like it. But Jesus, can you, can you catch this? Because Jesus says to his disciples, I know we're in this little room right now talking but in my father's house. Look at somebody say, in my father's house. You don't have anything compared to my father's house. In my father's house are many mansions. Another scripture says rooms. Maybe say, why does one say room and another say mansions? Because a room in my father's house is a mansion compared to what you're living in right now. All right? In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I love this scripture. I love it. I love it. I, I love I don't know how much longer I'll be on the planet. But here's what I do know. That if I leave this planet in my father's house. I don't know. Some people think this is mystical. Because when we talk about eternity in our culture. Some people go. They look at us like we're nuts. Like, Yeah. It's just like. I love your little fairy tale. About your father's house. It's cute. I'll write a book about it. I mean, there are really smart men that have considered what happens in eternity. You might have remembered a couple of them. One's last name. There's a scientist who died not long ago. And here's what he thought about when he died. After he had studied the universe, he came up with this conclusion. I regard the brain as a computer which will stop working when its components fail. There is no heaven or afterlife for broken down computers. That is a fairy story for people afraid of the dark. Okay? And I get that because, you know, Keith leads our tech department. And on occasion, a computer will die and he'll put it in a tomb in a back room. <laughs> I'm so glad to tell this story. And on occasion, we'll start cleaning the area out. And I'll say, what about these computers? Oh, you need to throw some of those away. They're no good anymore. Uh, how many got some computers you need to throw away? Anybody got those? They ain't going anywhere. You might as well throw them in the trash. Somebody say amen. amen. They're not good for anything. They're obsolete because you can't use. Come on. You can't use those things no more. Come on, stop trying to use Windows 95, okay? <laughs> Just not going to work, all right? But look at me. I might be getting older, but I, when I die, I'm not afraid of death. Stephen says people who believe in that are afraid. Stephen Hawking says they're afraid of the dark. That's what he said before he died. Billy Graham said, someday you will read or hear that Billy Graham is dead. 
Don't you believe a word of it. I shall be more alive than I am now. I will just have changed my address. I have gone into the presence of God. Come on, folks. This is the teaching of the resurrection. Because the stone was rolled away and Jesus came out and rose again. Now we all get to realize that we live also. Breeze, Pastor Rick. Welcome home. Welcome home. And I know that's tough. I know it's tough. I'm telling you this personally, though. Because today, while Felicia was singing that song about family and struggles in your homes, uh, I know sometimes you start talking about brokenness. Anybody ever just have a memory and you start weeping? Anybody ever do that? Okay, I want you to also understand this. Here's why... This service is so important because one day, if the Lord doesn't return, all of us will close our eyes and breathe our last breath, right? And I've thought about that for myself, and I'm not, I'm just telling you, I'm not afraid. I thought at one time that I was, but I had this little spiritual encounter with the Lord Jesus. It's called a new birth. But even after my new birth, I've experienced so much death and sorrow that sometimes I think, man, that's the one thing I don't want to ever face is death. But I'm at this point in my life right now. It's not like if there's a train going today, I'm not jumping on it. But I'm saying that I'm anybody with me on this. I'm not afraid of leaving this planet. Last uh, year, uh, Dinah's, Malachi, my assistant, thank you. Last year, Dinah's daddy died. And we cleaned out all of his belongings and grabbed the things that we wanted. And the one thing I wanted was I wanted to grab this hat for Preston. Because I have seen him wear, Dinah's dad wear this hat. Anybody in the house seen him wear this hat? A thousand times I've seen him wear this hat. We got pictures of him in this particular hat. It's a really cool hat. All right? And, uh, and I, you know, I was looking at it, and I thought, you know, Preston, he'd love that hat. So I brought it home to Preston. Sometimes you just kind of have tokens to hold on to. You know what I'm saying? Just little, little things you just want to hold on to because you remember him. You think about him, right? But uh, this token, as nice as it is, is nothing compared to one day when I see Dad on the other side of heaven when I first get in the door. And you know, Diane and I ended up going in at the same time. You know she's going to outrun me. And she sees her dad on the other side of the gates. Somebody praise Jesus. You see, to some of you, what I'm telling you is a fairy tale. But one day, Diana, we're going to see daddy again. One day I'm going to see my... Go ahead, fill in the blank. One day I'm going to see... Go ahead, fill in the blank. I'm going to see him again because Jesus rose from the dead. That's the word of God. There's so much. Yeah, somebody shout praise God. So much scripture that I want to share you, but come on. Somebody shout family celebration. Family celebration. Okay, all right. I'm just skipping ahead, all right? So here's one other thing I want to say to you about the resurrection, and that is this. That the resurrection is not only a promise for those who went before you, but the resurrection. Let me give you this. Let me get this off. Thanks. The resurrection is a family promise. Say that. The resurrection is a family promise. Say it again. The resurrection is a family. Let me restate that. The resurrection of Jesus is a promise for your family. Now, when I say that, standing here at the tomb with all other families on, on Easter, I know that many of you believe in the resurrection. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, excuse me. I'm trying to preach a sermon on Easter right now. So if you could just kind of... Security, well, could, you well, get, could you get this man off of my platform Listen, right now? I need to know whose tomb this is. Okay. This tomb right here. Well, I'm, I'm kind of in charge of it right now. All right. Well, well, I got some talking to do because I'm a tomb inspector. And that is, 
Got some serious issues. You're a tomb inspector. That's right. My name's Terry. Okay, look, I've been around. I have never heard of a tomb. <laughs> Welcome, Terry, the tomb inspector. That's actually not. Terry, good to meet you. Good to meet you, I'm Terry. actually the top tier tomb you're, inspector. If you're you a top be. tier tomb inspector. That's right. It takes a long time to climb to the top. Terry. I'm the top of the tier. Terry, the top tier tomb me, inspector. That's why they call me the top tier. Top tier tomb inspector. Top tier tomb inspector. Name happens to be Terry. Okay, well, thanks. It's good to meet you. All right, well, well. Look, listen, I'm having like a no, welcome. No, 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 no. Having a we welcome got, thing. I need to find out who, who's in charge of this tomb, who owns this tomb. Well, I, well, I don't know. There's some serious infractions here, right? Serious infractions. Serious infractions. There's some things I don't up. own the tomb. Well, who does? Uh, the last I read, it was a guy named Joseph of Arimathea. Everybody knows. How many know? Joseph of Arimathea. Joseph Arimathea. Joseph of Aromatherapy. All right. All right. Joseph of Aromatherapy. Arimathea. Right. If I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, he kind of hurt my feelings right there. Right. But Listen. I'm not offended. There's some serious. Father, forgive him. He serious infractions. Things doing. laying all over the place. Do you, you listen to me? Yes. Things I'm laying to you. all over there. It should so, be. Empty. Are you going to shut my tomb down or something? Well, you know what? I might have to. I'm going to show you what's, what I'm found. What's wrong with my tomb? Well, look. He's there. That stone weighs two tons. Look. There's all these toys laying in there. Toys? There's toys laying all over the I tomb. I did not leave toys in here. Well, I didn't. You think these look like mine? That would be weird. Okay. Right. I don't know why kids are leaving toys in the tomb. Probably eating too many Todd Rods. <laughs> kids these days. Kids. Well, that's not the only thing I'm finding. All right, I found this back here. Oh, oh beat up guitar. An old guitar, man. That's so cool. It's not even in tune. It's all cracked up. Oh, it is. That's a mess. Look, it's got a. Wow. Somebody wrote all over it. Yep. You know who that belongs to? Uh, well, I can't say. I, did. I just don't understand why there's like musical instruments and toys. <laughs> that's fine. In the tomb, I don't understand. You know the yeah. difference between a guitarist and a Savings bond? I don't think I want to know. You wait long enough, the savings bond will mature and give you some money. <laughs> Found one more thing back here. Look. Now, this is just atrocious. Somebody left a wedding dress back oh, there. Oh, in the tomb? I can't right. believe it. It's a wedding dress. It's atrocious. Dress. It's atrocious. I'm not talking about the fact they left it in there. That wow. beating and that neckline, they just don't go together. Uh-uh. Oh. And this okay. it's more like off-white, and the, and the veil in there is white. Man, I don't I'm know what they were thinking. This. The bride was probably like, oh, my God, my dress just looks this ugly. I'm going to throw it somewhere and nobody's going to find it. Well, I don't know. I don't understand why there are wedding dresses in there. And I don't instruments know either. And I don't know either. It's not my job to fix it. I'm just here. I'm here to clean it up. All right? You need to clean it up, or I'm going to write citations. Because okay. you said you're in charge of it, right? Somebody needs to clean this stuff up. Okay. There's no reason. Guitars and okay, toys right. and wedding dresses. So, I'm Terry, Terry, I just want you to know. That Terry, I'm... the top tier tomb inspector. Terry, the top ten. Top <laughs> tier. Not ten. Top I am tier. Top tier. Top tier tomb inspector. Thank you for your insight. We'll do our Get best. Get it cleaned up. I'm going to write some citations, okay, right? All right? All right. All right. All right. All right. Later, Terry. Okay. All right. How many got some tombs you need to clean out? I know. Listen, how many got some tombs you need to clean out? Because Jesus did not rise from the dead for you to leave your marriage in the tomb. He didn't rise from the dead for your children to be lost. Listen, he didn't rise from the dead for your gifts to never be developed. He ne Listen, when Jesus rose from the grave, it wasn't just so he would rise. He rose, for, look at this scripture, Romans 8, 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead, read this last part with me, all, will also give life to your mortal bodies. Not your new bodies, but your mortal bodies. All right, just check and see if the person next to you is mortal, will you? Pinch them, pull a hair out, bend their ear or something. Now here's... Here's what you're going to take note of. We're all mortal. Okay? Now listen. What you don't realize, though, is there are some people who are walking dead. I'm not talking about the show you watch on Sunday nights. I'm, I'm talking about the reality 
that it is a possibility to say that you know Jesus, but still be living in the tomb. The intention of God is to raise you up right now. Some of you say, well, I'm going to be with Jesus. It don't matter what's going on in my life right now. Who preached that to you? Who told you that God was perfectly fine with you being miserable the rest of your life? With your marriage just being half-baked, being broke, with your relationships with your children being severed. Who told you that it was all right that your kids don't know the truth of God's holy word? Who told you that that was acceptable? You can't hold hands, you can't talk, your children are just hurting. And, and I'm telling you that what God is calling us today is to go into our personal tombs and saying, Jesus, what is that about my life that I have left dead in the tomb Jesus didn't raise from the grave to leave you in a smelly tomb let's get real practical could we do that let's stop for a moment let's not just talk in you know in ecclesiastical terms the resurrection and you know the just just different terms that we might use let's could we just get where let's come down to brass tacks for a minute okay all right, how is it, how is it, and this is Barna research, only 4% of Generation Z have a biblical worldview. How is it, how is it that only 4% of our children, people under 25 years old, have a biblical worldview? I mean, I was just talking to you about heaven and eternity, and you're going, yeah, amen, amen. But the majority of kids in our culture don't have that view. I know when I gave you Hawking's view, it's like, really? People believe that? Yeah, a lot of people believe that. What about just the idea of what's wrong with the world? How many believe that our world has a sin problem that only Jesus can solve. Okay? Anybody believe that but me? How many believe that living a good life means I have been blessed by the Spirit of God, covered by His grace, and the Spirit of the Lord leads me? Anybody believe that? Anybody believe that? How many believe that after you die, you actually get to meet Jesus. You guys are weird. You believe that stuff? Majority of our culture doesn't believe that. And it's not because they're becoming more intelligent. It's because our culture is becoming toxic. And you might say, well, we got to fix that. We need to tell people. Well, how are we going to tell people? Why don't we stop just trying to tell people and let's take care of our people? What do your children know? Well, they know I sent them to Sunday school. I didn't ask you whether or not you sent them to church. What do they know in your house? What have they heard from you? I want a resurrection in my family. You say, well, yeah, Pastor, you know, in my house... Everything revolves around the kids. Well, you've already got it backwards then. Everything's not supposed to revolve around your kids. That's why our marriages fall apart. Because everything revolves around the kids. Now, don't get me wrong. You need to take care of your kids. But listen, mom and dad, if you don't take care of each other, if they don't see you loving God and loving each other, if they, listen, they have heard you fuss and fight and yell and scream, and they have learned how, how not to manage conflict. And my kids, you know, they pray with me, but do they pray without you? We need, how many believe we need spiritual intimacy in our home? Anybody believe that? I mean, it's good that you know how to hug one another and love one another. But Jesus didn't come out of the grave and give you the opportunity to talk to the Father by going and sitting down at the right hand of the Father as, as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So you just sit there and say, well, if I need him, I'll call him. 
Our children have to know how to talk to Jesus. And I'm not talking about the ecclesiastical things that we say. Oh God, thou knowest that we lovest thee. I'm saying how to talk and how to listen to God. How to be quiet in His presence. Listen, how to recognize the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Anybody know who He is? Holy Spirit. Your children can recognize Him. He actually still speaks to people. He speaks in a still small voice in our heart. How many know he does that? He speaks through the word of God. I know I've been, I've been I'm, I feel like I'm being real mean right now, but how many know we need to hear preaching like this, even on Easter Sunday? Anybody believe that? Please say yes. Please say yes. Please say yes. Okay. So here's what I want to do. I want to see healing in our homes, and I want to see healing in our families. I want to see the Lord do things in our life. According to Ezekiel, this is what Ezekiel said, and I know I painted you a really bad picture with that Generation Z stuff, and everybody's going, what? We're really outnumbered. In Ezekiel, Israel was a mess. In fact, as far as God was concerned, Ezekiel was so dead that they were a valley full of dry bones. And God spoke to the prophet Ezekiel, and he says, Son of man, can these bones live? How many have been in a mess before? Anybody ever been in a mess? Maybe, maybe in a family mess? Look, look, I can't go back and fix everything in the past, but today we need the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead to breathe on us. Can these bones live again? Yeah, Lord, you know, you know. Again, he said, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you will live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. How many know what he's talking about right here? Anybody know? Some of you may not get this, but God would like to breathe new life into you, into your homes, into your families. Some of you are struggling. You're sitting here. You're at church on Easter because it's Easter, and that's what we do. We go to church. But I'm telling you that what God would like to do is breathe life into your family. Come on. He would like to you say, well, I'm a single parent, Pastor. That's, listen, how many know that God can bless a single parent? Can he really? Can he really bless a single parent? Because Jesus, Jesus, if you know, at, at the first miracle, the sign of the Cana of, of, of the at the wedding of Cain of Galilee, who was with Jesus that day? Did you hear see Joseph anywhere? He was gone. We we believe historically that Joseph had passed sometime before that. And Mary was a single mama. How many know that God will breathe upon you? Got any single mamas in the house? I pray that God will breathe upon you, that he will bless you, that he will give you strength. Got any single daddies in this room? I pray that God will breathe upon you, and you'll find resurrection in your life. All right. I'm preaching too long now. No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I could preach for hours. Okay, let me just give you this, these last scriptures. All right, you ready? Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. After Jesus rose from the dead, people realized, one, they were participant in his crucifixion, and two, that he rose again and he was actually Messiah. Here's what happens, okay? They are cut to the heart. Listen, what are you going to do about the fact that you don't have any relationship with the crucified, resurrected Jesus? Does that cut you to the heart? How do you feel about eternity? How do you feel about that? What do you think you ought to do? I mean, Jesus is either who he says he is or he's the biggest liar that ever walked on the face of the planet. He is who he says he is. So what should we do? And that's what they asked the question of Peter. Here's the question. What shall we do? They were cut to the heart. And Peter said this. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Read this last with me. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Will you bow your heads right where you are? Just bow your heads. Bow your heads. You had a good church service right now. The Holy Spirit has been with us. You have felt His presence. You cannot deny it. When we were singing today, you heard Felicia singing. You heard us just doing that little at the cross right there. You, what? You heard that new hallelujah. And you're here in this church building. 
And God is calling you now to be a part of the church. To be born again. To have the spirit that raised Christ also raise you so that you can live. That's what he's calling you to do. And I'm calling you to that too, calling you to that as well. Let's just let's not make this too complicated. Let's make, let's make it too complicated. Let's just say this. Say, I repent. Now pause for a moment. Because when you say that, some of you need to think, what am I, what am I repenting of? What am I repenting of? God loves morality. You might think he doesn't care about it, but God created it because he knows what's best for his children. So anything, you know, you can go ahead and just give it that title right now, but allow the Holy Spirit to kind of stir that up because repentance is not just saying I repent. Repentance is actually, I'm ready to change direction. You don't know how you're going to do it. I'm going to make a change of direction in my life, in my home, in my family, in my parenting. As a, as a son, as a daughter, as a grandparent, I'm going to make a change. I repent. And I believe. Say it, I believe in my heart that Jesus died for me. So Jesus, I believe in you. I also believe that you rose again. And since I believe that you rose again and you died for me, here I am at this moment in my life. And what I ask you to do is by your spirit come inside of me. Come and live inside of me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells inside of me. Just say this. Say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming to live inside of me. Now do this, do this. Lord, heal my home. Heal my family. Change my relationships. I need your help, Lord. And I want you to hear the Lord Jesus as he says this to you by his spirit. I was just waiting for you to ask. I want to get involved in your home. I want you to hear the Lord Jesus. He says something like this, perhaps in your spirit. I want to talk to you every day like this. Maybe every morning for breakfast or lunch or dinner, we could talk. I'll help you with your parenting. I'll help you with your marriage. I'll help you with your job. I'll help you as a single parent. I'll help you. How many believe Jesus would say something like that? And then here's another word. Just stay, stay in this prayer for a moment. Jesus would say something like this as well. You know, I would have done this a long time ago if you had just asked. Because his word says this. The reason you don't have some of the things that you want is because you never asked in the first place. You have not because you asked not. So if you just ask. So while your heads are bowed, just go ahead and start asking Jesus. Go ahead and ask whatever you need. Whatever you need. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. All right. Just stay right where you are for a moment. I'm going to do two things. Two things. One is... Some of you just prayed with me here. Just in this moment, you're coming to a revelation of who Jesus is. How many are getting your lives right with Jesus right now? You just wave at me and say, I'm getting my life right with Jesus right now. Wave at me. All right. See that. Wow. Thank you. Let's give thanks to the Lord Jesus for that. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Now bow your heads. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Because I'm going to get real particular here. All right? Bow your heads. Close your eyes. All right? How many could say, how many in this room would say, Pastor Rick, I really need the Lord to help me in my marriage. In my marriage. We really need help. Some healing in our marriage. I'm not saying that it's all falling apart today. I'm just saying you know there's confusion and struggle in your home. And we've got our eyes, most of us have our eyes closed. I can't guarantee 100%. There are people in the balcony. You never know if the people in the balcony are looking around. You never know. So. Close your eyes. I'm really struggling in my marriage right now. Would you, just so I can pray for you, I'm not going to drag you to the altar. None of you I'm not going to drag to the altar. Okay? Just so I would know. Pastor Rick, I really need some help and prayer in my marriage, in my home. Would you just wave at me so I can see your hand? There you go. There you go. All right. Yeah. All right, quick, put your hands back down. Put your hands back down. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to tell you, that was a lot of folks. Now, we will pray for you today. Some of you might be sick. How many know Jesus heals people that are sick? So I want us to pray for those.
stand up front. Thank you, Father. Everybody else, just stay prayerful. Stay prayerful. Stay prayerful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come and do what you want to do in this gathering now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. All right. All right. Are you ready? Now, everybody stand up. Everybody stand right where you are. Stand right where you are. Try to, try to hold tight with me. Here we go. One. Um, okay. Here's what I want. First, I want individuals that would say, Pastor Rick, really need some prayer in my life and need some healing in my family or I'm sick I need healing or I'm coming to the Lord Jesus Christ if you would honor us enough it would be a privilege to pray with you and these people have prepared to pray with you just leave your seats and come up front I've got plenty of people that have prepared their hearts for prayer just start moving up to the front whatever you need from the Lord come on down we're going to take a moment and pray with you all right? I've got stuff for everybody else, too, so just hang tight. Hang tight. Come on down. A lot of people ready. You can grab your husband by the hand and say, baby, we're coming for prayer right now. All right? And go ahead, mama. There you go. Squeeze on out. Squeeze on out. Come on down. Your relationship, wherever it is. Okay. Now, whatever you need in prayer. Now, here's, here's a couple of things that are going to happen. I want you as families right now to join hands, okay? Just join hands. If they got the flu or something, you don't have to. You can touch them on the shoulder. But join hands. I want to bless you. Father, I bless these who have come to this house today. Lord, I pray that your spirit would rest upon them. That you would do mighty works in their home. That where there was death, now there will be life. I pray for mothers. I pray for fathers. I ask now in the name of Jesus that you would bring healing to their lives, for children who have heart wounds because they've seen such brokenness in their family. I ask that there would be healing. Father, I pray specifically for a man and a wife that's in this room that is struggling quietly in their marriage right now, quietly, in such a way that they don't even realize that the other one is in great difficulty. Touch their lives and bring healing to them, I pray. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would touch single moms and single dads. Empower them by your Spirit. Bless them, dear Lord Jesus, abundantly. Let them know that they are not alone. That because a husband or a wife left, died, passed away, I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would know that you did not leave them. Come, Holy Spirit, and touch their lives. I also pray for spiritual intimacy. Dear Lord, let these families begin to have intimacy, spiritual intimacy, like they have never had before. Bless them, I ask, in the holy name of Jesus. Say it like the way we say it for him. Say it. Come, Holy Spirit. Do this work. I bless them now in Jesus' name. Now, here's something else that's going to happen today. All right? If you're giving your life to Jesus, if you need special prayer, I've got people that will meet you right here. You can come whenever you want for prayer. On the way out the door today, there's a couple of things that have happened. We have prepared supper for everyone in the front yard. It's the Lord's Supper. It's just bread and wine, but it's a good start. I want you as families to go outside. I want you to take the bread and the cup and just stand in the yard. This is my body, the Lord Jesus said, which is broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. And then drink from the cup together. This is your blood, which was poured out for me, that my sins would be removed. Receive that together. I also, for families, it, just one per family, please. I don't think I got enough of these. We have so many people. I also have prepared a family prayer candle for each family. Now, this is what my wife and I do. Every morning when we rise, we light the, a candle on our table. 
and we have a candlelight breakfast. Now you can do it for dinner or lunch, whatever you want to do. But here's the rule. You light the candle with the, with the understanding that the Holy Spirit is with you. We're not having supper without Jesus. And then you eat your meal understanding that God wants forgiveness to happen in you. That God wants strength in your home. And then after you finish the meal, no one is allowed to leave the table. Come on, Mama, help me with this. Until you have prayed together. Now, some people struggle praying together. How many wish you prayed more as a family? How many could say, we ought to pray more as a family? There you go. Before you leave the table, pray. And if you're struggling, I actually put a prayer on the candle itself. Holy Spirit, come near our home today. Say with me. Bless our family with your love. Guard us from danger and harm. It's right there. Deliver us from anger that leads to division. Empower us to forgive as we have been forgiven. And send us into the world to share your love and grace. In the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. I give this one to the Harrison family. All right. Father, I bless these. I send them out now in the name of Jesus. I ask that they would walk out of this room new and alive by your power. Come, Holy Spirit, do this good work. Heal our homes, heal our families. Give us a resurrection. Help us, dear Lord, to be aware of the things that we've left in the tomb. And come, Holy Spirit, and give life. Give life to those things. We ask that you would do this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, I love you all so much. I am so glad that you came to Freedom Fellowship on Easter Sunday morning. Thank you. Come back next Sunday, all right? We'll have it again. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. It's free. Oh, it's free. Indeed. I'm a child.